Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Flex Cortex. I'm Tanner. And I'm Bryce. And today we're going to be talking about how to work through restrictions when managing a new schedule, improving time management skills, and ways to get in a workout with minimal time and equipment. This will increase your chances of being consistent and succeeding your goals. Damn straight. Damn, damn straight. Yeah. Uh, working on uh, shift schedules, especially in the nursing field, uh, getting into a new routine uh, as I am right now with a new job. Uh, it can be really hard to consistently get in those workouts, uh, especially because, uh, as you know, Bryce, I like to uh, overdo it a lot of the time and be like, oh, I'm going to work out like six times a week doing a push-pull program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also going to run five times a week. And I'm going to do hit two of those days. And yeah, I, it's going to be good, bro. He goes from sedentary to um, like a marathon athlete and a pro bodybuilder in a week. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, and it's uh, all at the same time. It it ends super well, as you know. (laughs) Oh, it ends so well. (laughs) It it ends so well that the scale now reads two hundred pounds instead of one hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think this is definitely a topic that we we have to talk about because it's about making it sustainable for you, and it's going to increase the chances of consistency, right? So that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Building that habit. And like, it's also very topical for people who aren't trying to lose weight that are consistent with the workouts, but can't get to the gyms because of COVID restrictions. And the fact that home gym equipment is like, it's, I looked the other day and I'm like, this dude's charging like $175 for like 90 pounds of weight. Mm-hmm. And like, doesn't sound that bad, but that's two pounds of, uh, two pounds, uh, $2 per pound for, for a used weight plate. And like, it wasn't even that good. Yeah, and I—that's kind of the standard, rough, though. That's kind of like the standard right now for uh, any kind of gym equipment. I'd say the price right now is like right around that two dollars. Well, the sad part is you—it's like worth it to just wait until like Rogue Fitness or whoever has restocked their equipment because the resellers are selling it for the same price or even marked up. Because they're hoping that you get like worried and you're like, oh man, I just really want to start my program. Rogue, uh, Rogue or uh, Tidax or whoever Academy, uh, you know they're they're all out and they've been out of stock for the last month. Like, when are they going to be back in stock? Yeah. So they, yeah. it's it's really scummy to do that, but you know what? That is not the point of this episode to talk about shady business practices. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll move on from that. But yeah, I think. But, I am lucky that I was able to buy my equipment in, I think it was end of November. Um, Cause I had a feeling that stuff was going to get locked down again. So I ended up just buying a bunch of stuff and it's nice to have in case something happens again with the lockdowns, but I'm not panicking or stressed now. Yeah, exactly. And you can always like get workout in. Cause like your uh, setup's actually pretty nice, but, it's still relatively basic in terms of like you, you've got all the essentials um, mm-hmm. that you need 
which yeah. is good. Um, like you have your power rack, you have your squat bars, um, and you yeah. have enough weight to lift. Because for you, um, like it, and it, that's what actually would make it more expensive for someone like you is that you need like four hundred pounds plus of weight. Yeah. Whereas yeah. a lot of people starting out might not might only need like a couple hundred. Yeah, for what we have, um, it's the squat rack, like you said. Um, then the platform, which a buddy helped me out with, Chris, who shout out to him for that. Um, then the dumbbells got the adjustable ones. Um, and then ended up just kind of getting some other stuff. So a bunch of bands, ones that you can stack, uh, then plates. So I believe I have like 670 pounds in plates. Um, yeah. And then I have a deadlift bar too, and a squat bar just so I can have both but yeah i mean if you don't have that kind of money just lying around it's definitely kind of an investment for sure right i like the other big problem for people right now um especially people who work out of town or are in healthcare or any other kind of environment that has shift work um it can be really hard with the changing sleep schedules the 12-hour shifts um which are really like 14-hour days by the time you factor in commutes and like uh everything else uh shift report stuff like that so it's kind of like you know, do you have time to then drive to a gym if it's even open uh, or time to go see a PFT? So one of the things that we wanted to emphasize this episode was like just getting in any kind of exercise that you can uh, on those days. Like even if it's just like a 15 minute walk around the block, that's better than nothing. Um, a lot of those jobs also do keep you pretty active. So that's a perk. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely a challenge and you have to work through these restrictions because these are really, really odd times. Um, yeah. But we have some tips for you actually to work through that. Yeah. But one of the ones you can actually do is doing meal prepped uh, meal prep. So you pre-cook all your meals um, at, on like a Sunday and then you have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday cooked that day. And then you can cook again on Wednesday if you want some, uh, some variety or just a fresher meal. Yeah. Um, but you can also freeze it. You can you can cook it all on a Sunday and then just freeze uh, yeah. the second half of the week and it'll stay good. I do know some people that just do all their prepping on Sunday for like the whole week, but that is a lot of food, right? But I mean, if you look at the amount of time that you'd have to prep every night, it is probably worth it to just do it over the course of one day. Yeah, exactly. Because like, if you're going to cook a whole chicken anyway, a bunch of chicken breasts at the same time, like, it doesn't change the cooking time that much. Um, whereas if you're doing it each night, that's going to be like 45 minutes, 45 minutes, 45 minutes. Whereas it's going to be like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how much chicken you have. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is if you're finding that you are crunched for time, allocating yourself that 45 minutes could be the time that you could put your workout in. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, as long as you're relatively close, you can hear your, uh, um, alarms go off for your kitchen, then, you're going to be absolutely golden to you can go do something else during that time. Yeah. 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 Or just having like the food made is what I meant more, more or less Then you don't even oh, have yeah, to. Yeah. Fair, fair. Cause then you have that. Uh, I mean, you can, I mean, you can, if you really want to, you could work out while cooking your food. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you know what? Keep, keep it fire safe. Uh, follow the recommendations of your local fire department. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have your music quiet enough that you could hear your stuff when it's done. So you're not burning your house down. Yeah, exactly we don't want to burn down any houses here yeah. uh also i realized uh 45 minutes depending on the chicken that could be a little bit long uh don't overcook your chicken 
doesn't uh doesn't do the chicken any favors nice and dry nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly i like i like my chicken rubbery oh, you do yeah super good that way you know <laughs> Uh, the other thing you can do if you're uh, a poor cook like me is you can actually, if you have the money, um, there's services that will meal plan for you, uh, that are really useful. You probably have seen like a million of the ads on YouTube. Um, and some of them do actually service Canada, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, the other thing you want to do is make sure your programming is sustainable and something you enjoy. So there's some people who just don't like the kind of exercises Bryce and I like, which is like the fundamentals squat bench deadlift um i think that's what makes us get up in the morning uh in terms of exercise but for you it might be going for a hike or going swimming uh so stuff like that like tailor it to what you enjoy so that you actually find it more sustainable and you want to go work out and not you know it's not a chore yeah that's a big challenge i find that i typically will take that approach with clients too is i'll try to having stuff that they really enjoy. So then that way they're looking forward to the sessions I have with them. Yeah, exactly. And like, if you have a client who's, um, you know, it's like, yeah, I hate all forms of exercise. Um, I'm not enjoying it. You know, the thing there is to try new things with that client to see if they do like something and making it really short. So that way it's like really hard to say no to it. If it's only like five to 15 minutes on like the treadmill or doing a, quick circuit or just like even basic body weight exercises not on a circuit like you know what try it out see if they like it uh and just work with your clients to make sure that they're um enjoying at least a little bit of it Mm -hmm. i mean when you first start out start out and you're out of shape and you've been sedentary for a long time it's gonna suck for the first little bit but you want it to like get you hooked eventually and you're gonna find that even when it's sucking that there's some exercises that you're like huh, I really kind of actually enjoy it. Like for me, it was uh, the uh, um, chest row at uh, the gym uh, before Perpetual closed down. I loved doing the chest row. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, that was was the thing that kept me uh, going back for back day. Oof. Yeah, that's like... Super good. That's one thing like when it goes back to, well, retention, right? Is I always start with clients and I'll try to compare in a sense or make it at least relative to what they're wanting to do so um, usually I mean as, as an example we'll have to work on a hinge first right so if a client really wants to deadlift I have to talk about the importance of doing other things first so that way they can get to that goal of deadlifting um, and I usually find people are pretty understanding at that point um, but just at least that way they're realizing that they're still working towards that especially if they're pretty set on getting to that point where they're able to actually do that on their own or have the competency for that right oh exactly um although that feels like you're telling me i can't go and do like a 400 pound deadlift like right out of the gate and i don't know how i feel about that oh man you can you could try (laughs) uh don't don't try that at home guys it will not end well and you will see me in the hospital a broken back Um, what do they say they say er pr baby right er or pr yeah that's uh not official advice don't uh, quote me on that yeah don't quote me on <laughs> yeah, that exactly <laughs> um but you know what that's uh it's definitely a mantra don't know if it's a good one but it it's it's one for sure yeah but uh, uh for sure 
yeah, the uh, last thing you can do is really just keeping a calendar. Schedule your life. Um, use a to-do list. One of the great tools you can actually use uh, for free is the Google Calendar app on your phone. Uh, it's available on desktop too. Uh, and if you have an iPhone, uh, you could also use the Apple Calendar. Because that, that would work too. And a paper list for the to-do list is totally fine. I find it satisfying to scratch out a task that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. If you have those spots at least booked out, then I feel like it's easier in that sense, right? Yeah, exactly. Like book book your, you know, 10, 15, half an hour, hour workout. Uh, in Bryce's case, book out your three hours and then you're good. At least three. <laughs> at least three. You're like, that's a light day, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I feel like uh, that's one thing about just keeping it consistent. And when it comes to keeping it sustainable, if you have it built into your routine, it's easier to do versus having it up in the air for when you can do it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, now we're going to jump into some minimalistic approaches for training. Um, when I'm talking with new clients, so depends. I mean, right now, a lot of people are just doing at-home stuff. So very little access to equipment. Um, most people aren't as lucky as I am and able to have a full squat rack and set up at home. So um, some considerations to keep in mind for this would be tempo, loading, volume, frequency, and other things as well. Um, when it comes to your loading, there's different ways to load to change the stress on the body and the demand on the body. Um, that's, this can just change the positioning of the way your body tends to turn, and you can favor different muscle groups, um, just like you can turn like a dumbbell row into like a rotational movement, um, but you can also challenge loading in like a split squat to make it more anti-rotation as well. So... Um, when it comes to loading, we're going to talk about like contralateral loading. So if you're doing a split squat on like your right leg, you'd be holding the weight in your left hand, um, which is going to, in a, in a sense, make it more stable, um, just to broaden the base of support. When you're going to talk about there's ipsilateral loading, which is going to be like the same side. So if you're doing a right a right leg movement, you'd be loading that right side as well. Um, this is going to be a little bit more unstable. So again, challenging more of the structural stability in that sense. Um, when we're looking at movements here, we can talk about there's bilateral and there's unilateral. So when you're talking about bilateral, it's performing movements with both sides. So like a good bilateral movement that most of you would probably know is like doing a, like a barbell bench press um, or like a dumbbell bench. When it comes to like a unilateral movement, it would be like a single arm dumbbell press or uh, single arm push up if you're really bomb like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> True. Yeah, but those are things to keep in mind when you're talking about programming. It's important to have unilateral movements as well anyways, just because you have to work on your different sides because you're probably going to be favoring one side more than the other, um, depending on what you do for occupation or what you do um, in your lifestyle and your habits too because it depends on your extra sports. Um, but then we're going to get into like loading differences too. So there's also proximal loading, so it's going to be closer to your midline or closer to your joint, or distal loading, which is going to be further from midline or further from your joint. So a good like example for a proximal load would be like if you had the weight really close to you for like a split squat. If you're doing like a distal load, you could have um, like your arms out in front of you for like a counterbalance. 
it would just be positioning the load further away, being that your arms are further from your midline. So. Not too shabby. I uh, actually, to go back to your uh, unilateral movement, I kind of wonder if I can still do a one-arm push-up. You used to be able to, hey? I used to be able to. I used to be able to do a one-arm clap push-up, not to showboat on the uh, podcast here, but to showboat. Subtle flex. Uh, Subtle yeah, little, flex. little little flex of the cortex there. Um, <laughs> God, I'm awful with the puns. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, like, uh, just having that challenge to um, do the one-arm push-up and even incorporating clap, I found it really enjoyable mm-hmm. because it's a exercise that increases in challenge, uh, can look pretty impressive to the uninitiated, and um, you can do anywhere, like literally anywhere. I've done it wild places. It's a good party trick. Well, it was a good exactly. party trick. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, after talking about all that stuff, so the unilateral, bilateral, ipsilateral, contralateral, and then the proximal versus distal loading, um, there's also like tempo. So um, if you're using less equipment or less weight, sorry, um, and you're trying to do like an increase of volume, um, what I would recommend doing is just play with tempo more. You can play with like the eccentric and the concentric and um, the pause um, and the pause between reps. So like the eccentric would be like the lowering of a movement. The concentric is going to be the actual like shortening and the contracting of the movement. Um, and then obviously a pause is pretty self-explanatory. Um, we can change where you want to pause and then you can change the time between reps too. Um, but typically with workouts being at home where you have less available equipment, you're going to be working with like a higher volume. So you're going to be doing more reps and more sets per week um, just to get that overall workload up so it's important to keep in mind when you don't have as much weight as you would like oh exactly you know what one thing i i know it's totally unrelated to this but one thing i kind of wondered as i was thinking about the power rack and like you talked about deadlifting and being mentioning putting out your back um I wonder if you could get a life alert for working at home alone. Because if you like, if you put your back out, you need someone to come help you. Um, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if that's actually viable. I, I don't, I don't know if you need to be like sixty-five plus, but like, I think you could, you could probably, because um, if you had your gym as like your private business, and if you're trained out of your own home gym wouldn't you technically have your own insurance? It's true. So you can technically... Do you you know what a life alert is? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I've fallen over and I can't get up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just hitting that to be like, hey, paramedics, come pick me up, please. Yeah, yeah. And they come in and they see that you've... You know what? I think you actually need a life alert that goes to your friend first. So that way you can actually, like, they can bring over more weights and load up go. the uh, barbell so it looks like you're lifting a lot heavier than you actually were. There you go. Always load on more weight. That's the Exactly. Trick. That's that, the trick. That's, that is what a true homie will do for you. Big he brain will load move. on more weight. That's right. But, yeah, so uh, all these things are good to consider when doing, like, at-home workouts and even when you're t- considering, like, your progressions in the gym as well. Um, all things to work in and uh, manage when you're training in general. Um, but yeah, so if you aren't able to have your at-home equipment, some 
makeshift stuff you can do um, slash body weight stuff would be obviously body weight. Um, then you could also use like milk jugs, which you can fill with water or even sand. Um, you can actually use a backpack and you could actually just weigh the backpack. As long as you have like a weight scale, I would do that. So that way it's more relative to what you're doing and have an idea of how much weight you have in the bag. Um, you can also use like a towel and you could go off like a pillar for rows. I know I've demoed that on my IG before on the first uh, lockdown. It's actually pretty good if you don't have access to any kind of equipment for rowing. Um, and then you can load up like big heavy crates and you can just have that too for like your maybe your more compound movements. I know that I've seen people do like rows for those or you can do um, like a deadlift off one side. I mean, it's not obviously the same as that you're doing a natural deadlift, but you're still able to work on that like hinge movement. Yeah, which is really, really cool. And the important thing about weighing the backpack or milk jug um, beforehand or when you're doing the exercises is just so that you can actually progressively overload. Um, so that way you're actually starting to make progress and strength gains with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is you want to have continuous stress on your body so that way your body is forced to over to adapt, right? And equals gains. E equals gains. Easiest formula to remember is uh, continuous stress for body is forcing adaption, which equals gains. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Either that will, that either will be actual... on the test. <laughs> It'll be A gains b gains c gains or d all the above <laughs> yeah it, it's d i will give you that to you guys right now it's d yeah 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 but if you are lucky enough to have a little bit of extra money um some great alternatives for options that you can work with for very minimalistic approaches for training would be like um bands um i have this set of bands and i know that i suggested that tanner buy it too i think it was about 50 bucks um yeah. and you have like 150 pounds of tension of bands which is quite a bit that like unlocks a lot if you're stuck at home um and like it's only like i said 50 bucks and you can loop all the bands and i believe they have straps on them for like you can have them on your legs or um any of that kind of stuff as well and it comes with like a pulley but I don't know how much I would trust the pulley. Like, it's plastic. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should actually uh, do a stress test on the pulley. We should put all 150 pounds on and see what happens. Yeah, I, I think we could do that for the uh, the kids at home one day. Dude, I feel like it's just going to either rip your door off or immediately just, like, rip the thing in half. Yeah, maybe we'll use a tree or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want yeah. to rip any doors out. Yeah, I would personally, what I would recommend if you're trying to use your bands is if you're going to be doing it on a door, have it set so you're pulling towards, like you're pulling in a sense that you're not going to be pulling the door out. I feel like a lot of people make the mistake of having it anchored to the point of where it's like kind of pulling out of like off the hinge or away from the hinge. And that's like a <laughs> an issue, obviously, because what if you just rip your door off? Um, yeah. obviously what's ideal is like if you can find something more fixed right yeah so like with the door then are you saying like make sure that if you're going to be lifting or pulling towards you with um, the bands mm -hmm. to make sure that you're pulling the same way the door would open yeah, or... yeah. Uh, okay. the way no pull towards the way that it would close right oh okay yeah so you're basically forcing it shut 
Yeah, yeah. Imagine like you're trying to force it shut. I feel like that's safer than imagine like you're trying to force it open. <laughs> okay. Because either either you'll fly back and hurt yourself, or the door will fly off and then it'll land on you, and then you'll hurt yourself again. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. I I do want a quick disclaimer that we're not engineers or no honestly I... all that smart, so don't take our word for it. But you know what? Try it. <laughs> I'm just a meat. I'm just a meathead that uh, has tried a couple things here and there. Yeah, we we are meatheads with education. I am uh, a bl- a blobhead at the moment, but I will be once again a meathead very soon. That's right. That's right. But yeah, the bands are a great place to start. Um, and then when it comes to other equipment too, I would be looking at kettlebells. Um, those are great for challenging stability, just because of the load. Whereas it's again, it's kind of a little bit more like distal in a sense, because you can hold the handle and then the weights on the bottom. Um, it's great for a lot of stability movements. Um, it's also good for working on like anti-rotation and like anti-lateral flexion movements. So um, I would definitely get a couple of kettlebells if you can. Um, and then there's always like dumbbells. I recommend dumbbells for sure. Having maybe two or three sets of those um, as they take up don't take up a lot of space and there's like a ton of variability with those and kettlebells and bands yeah but like i just wanted to know unless you are very serious into working out do not go and buy your like um full set of like commercial style dumbbells because a it takes up a lot more space than you think and Mm -hmm. they it's like three thousand dollars just on dumbbells if you go like the commercial route so chill you don't you don't need to go all the way up to 100 pounds right away um, unless you're already at that point. Just go with the worker way up. Uh, you can do incremental purchases with your dumbbells and that can make it a little bit more affordable. Cool. Cool your jet stud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I'd recommend is um, I know I think it's Flamin has like the power blocks. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yeah. Yeah. I actually am looking into getting those. Yeah, so they have like their, I believe it's the first one's like 5 to 50. Um, and I think they're, uh, you'd have, you, I can't quote me on this. I think they're like 700. 700 uh, bucks? Yeah, I think I've seen some used though for around five. Yeah, that's um, not too bad. But I, if you think... I think I saw that on like one of the sites for PowerBlock that there's actually a model where you can actually um, get stages for it. So Mm -hmm. stage one is like up to the 50 pounds and then stage two is up to like 70 or something. And then stage three is up to the 90. Yeah. 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 So that way you can can buy it in increments. The ones that I bought were from this place called Badass Weights and Plates. And it was like, um, they have, it's five to 72.5 each. And I believe they were about 800 for both. But if you think about how much you'd be spending on rubber, you're oh, saving yeah. a lot of money. And like I can just pay a little bit extra and then add like twenty pounds of dumbbell to them. So then I'm close to like a hundred pounds of dumbbell, right? Yeah. And that for like the vast majority of people will be more than enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can like do quite if you've a bit, seen right? how big Bryce is, like you know that there's a good good chance that like you probably Not won't need big. pretty big, but even even like uh, someone really big, like even like Dwayne the Rock Johnson or like Jordan Shallow. I I doubt that these guys are like regularly going like way over a hundred on their dumbbells and needing it like constantly. I don't know, maybe, but 
I have some doubts. I mean, by all means, if you really want to go buy like 200 pound dumbbells, they're going to maybe lift once then yeah, have at her, but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, I really wanted a PR, but you're, only you're, for dumbbells. You're probably good. Like kind of what we're saying here, probably around like the hundred pound mark. Cause like, there's a lot of variability with that. Yeah, exactly. And like but, you, you can get in very good shape with much less than that. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, it's all about your goals. Like what Tanner was saying, a good way to do it is to buy like a couple sets to start off. Um, what I would typically recommend for like most people starting out is like 15s and 25s. Yeah. Uh, those are probably like a pretty good place to start and like not super expensive if you're again trying to watch how much you're spending. And then just like add to that um, over time. Or like if you have the money right now and you want to get the adjustable ones, there's like tons of places in Edmonton that will do them. And uh, that's a good way to go because you're saving a lot of money, but it's like a bigger initial investment, right? Yeah. I like for the love of all things good and green on earth, um, please do not get like the two pound dumbbells. Like you don't. It's there's just so little utility with them in the grand scheme of things for the uh, price that they try and add on for those like dumbbell sets. Like it's just not worth it. Five pounds. Totally understand. Uh, especially for like, some limitations and like um different stretching exercises like shoulder rotations five pounds can be like perfect um yeah but like that i always i it, it that's like a, a pet peeve of mine always seen those two pound weights from like you just wasted rubber there dude like yeah come for on real. for real yeah and like i mean the two pounds are pretty much just like paperweight yeah exactly <laughs> like pick pick up like literally almost anything in your house and you will probably have your two pound weight yeah i mean they i'd say they serve a purpose in like a rehab setting but like apart from that like like you were saying what do you need a two pound weight for like it's not really going to oh, be yeah. doing anything for you yeah like you could probably fill up a water bottle and it'd be heavier uh i, I will say like to defend the two pound weight which i do not want to do but i will is like seniors a lot of seniors who have very limited mobility, like you're saying in a rehab setting. Um, and because of how uh, we age and the uh, decrease in muscle composition and muscle mass, like totally, it can be really beneficial to even get that two pounds. Uh, yeah. But I mean, outside of that, there there's really no need. Skip the two pound dumbbell. Seniors in a rehab setting, pretty much about it. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what? I bet we're gonna say that, and then there's gonna be someone who comments on this uh, podcast and be like, "Oh no, actually, there's a really good use for two pound weights that you haven't thought about," and we're gonna be proven wrong, and then we're gonna have to make an apology podcast next week. There's a good chance we could be wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of that. Yeah, we will. We will be releasing our apology video next Saturday. <laughs> Yeah, but I also found that one great place for, like, over COVID or um, other times is using the buy and sell. So, yeah. like, like I know, for example, like, the Facebook buy and sell is pretty good. I feel like Kijiji is usually pretty picked through. Like, there's not usually a ton on there. But I find that people are always wanting to, like, get rid of stuff on the Facebook buy and sell. So, if you're looking for a place to find some decently priced equipment, I would look on there. Um, but then always like compare prices. Like, <laughs> like what I would do personally is like call like fitness depot or call Flamin or something and see what their average price per pound is and then see how much these people are charging. Because like, if you could really go and buy 
stuff brand new for the same price or less then like obviously you're getting ripped off yeah and that's super common right now with uh covid like we were saying earlier like people are uh you know exploiting the current situation and buying up a lot of the stock or Hmm. they at least were back in march and that's why a lot of these um fitness places have that limitation on how much you can buy at a time right now um just because like these people were buying out all the stock and then marking up the price a hundred percent or whatever ridiculous amount they wanted to charge all the scalpers yeah exactly yeah don't be a scalper (laughs) that's what i recommend though so that way you're not paying like an arm and a leg for any kind of equipment at home um is always do some research first and just kind of see what the average weight price range is right now i mean it's kind of always changing but uh, i'd say for kind of like standard right now i think it's kind of around like the two pound mark just with gyms being closed still but as soon as gyms open to the public it tends to drop off yeah and like the um big thing is like uh your hex coated and your polyethylene ethylene ethylene i don't know but something like that those- Something like that, yeah. Those rates are going to be a lot more expensive than your metal plates. Uh, your mm-hmm. bumper plates are going to be more expensive than your metal plates. So um, try and go with metal if you can, because it's really cheap. You can make your own weights at home uh, if you have some know-how and do-it-yourself skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, great videos on how to make like concrete plates uh, that actually hold up relatively well. I mean, it's concrete, so don't yeah. be throwing them around or be doing like uh, uh clean uh or good mornings uh clean jerks mm-hmm. but uh I, yeah i've also uh i recommend people buy like some sort of matting um yeah i know that for like for like our home gym we bought matting from like ufa um but lots of these places that like we just bought horse stall matting but lots of these places that sell equipment will sell matting there and that's just good for like shock absorption and then you can just like mop it right so. Yeah, uh, I will say like go with the horse stall matting. It smells a little bit when you first buy it, or it can, but you're getting like a lot more thickness and protection for your floors compared to like a lot of the marketed gym mats. Um, I mean, like all the power to you if you want that, but generally speaking, they're gonna have that um, fitness equipment markup where just because it's got fitness in front of it and marketed as fitness. They're going to charge uh, premium for it. Yeah, I can't quite remember how much the horse mining was. I think we got, I think it was like a five foot by seven foot. And I believe it was uh, like a hundred something per mat. Yeah, it's really not that bad. No, because like five by seven is huge, right? Yeah. So that's definitely the way that I'd probably recommend going again. I don't know the exact cost. You'd have to call or just like you look online for UFA, but that's where I would recommend getting it because it is definitely cheaper, especially if you're like, you're wanting to build like a deadlift platform, buying the horse mining from there too is good. Yeah, exactly. And like the last little note I will say, because you're going to think you're getting like a super good deal on certain weights is make sure you're noticing the difference between Olympic plates and uh regular plates because your regular plates won't fit on to uh an olympic bar that you're yep. probably going to be using for squats and deadlifts very true um, you can tell the difference because a it's a smaller diameter for the the uh quote unquote regular plates 
mm-hmm. uh, and they tend to screw on. They're that uh, like the adjustable dumbbell kind. Yeah, if you're looking for just like plates in general, I would just look for uh, Olympic grade because they'll pretty much fit on quote unquote most barbells. Yeah, like the vast majority of them. Yeah, most of them. So that's a good place to start. Um, again, you can get a pretty decent setup for. I don't know. I think I was like kind of helping somebody price one out. You can probably get like a decent setup for somebody for like a couple grand if you got that money, um, with like a de- with like a little bit of weight and like a bench and everything in a squat rack. Yeah, I I think I felt the people at home just be like, uh, be like, oh, we can get an affordable, and then they heard the two grand and they're like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> and it's like totally yeah. if you have the two grand easy. If not, start simple, get the $50 bands, use body weight, uh, get active by walking around your uh, community and doing uh, activities that you love. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if we could summarize this whole now 36 minute episode, it would be to just go out no matter what it is. Uh, as long as you're having fun, you can stay consistent with it and get active. Just get off your ass, do something. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's like if you're waiting for a perfect time to start, there really isn't going to be a perfect time to start. Yeah, exactly. And like all you need is your own body uh, if you really don't want to commit to any equipment and just like do your walks, do your push ups, do whatever. Um, keep it simple and get it done. Yeah, small changes over time, right? Exactly. Don't don't be me and try and be a ultra marathon runner and power lifter on the same week. In a month or whatever, two weeks, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you guys found this beneficial. Um, I definitely wish I kind of knew about some of this stuff when I was starting out. So I hope that this helps and gives you guys a good idea of where to start. Yeah, and hopefully our mics aren't uh, as scuffed as last week, or at least mine. I think they should be all right, hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.